It slaps. It's a good song. It slaps. The scientist is emo as fuck, right? Like, yeah. It's like, it's, it does what we do. Yeah, it felt like it just fit so well. Like, it felt like it could have just, like, if we wrote The Scientist, it felt like it could have fit on Gardens. It felt like it could have just been another song on the record. G'day, this is Living the Dream, a podcast from Gage Roads, where you'll hear from people who are all about going after what they love. We'll chat to photographers, musos, surfers, designers, a range of people who are living life their way. And this episode, when your high school band comes good. Remember when you and your mates started that band in high school? You'd jam in the living room, probably annoy the neighbours. There was a couple of lunchtime gigs in the school gym as well, covering your faves. Well, for most of us, that's where the rock star dream ended. But for Perth band Sly Withers, it's where it all started. And since then, they've come a bloody long way. Album number two, Gardens, is out now. The tours are on, COVID pending. And a recent slot on Triple J's Like A Version has turned Coldplay from cringe to cool. Jono and Sam are one half of Sly Withers. G'day, guys. Hang on. Thanks for having us at your place. No worries. Kind of fitting to be um, to be back here. You guys obviously grew up in the area. You live here now. For those who don't know the Perth northern suburbs, what's the what's the vibe of here? I don't know. I feel like for me, it's just like this is just where I've always existed. Pretty relaxed suburban area, I'd say. Like we all went to school just up the road, so it's sort of always been the home stomping ground for yeah. us. Yeah, I don't really never lived in a different suburb, so it's <laughs> only different, right? Yeah. 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 Has growing up here, living here, influenced your music, what you write about, those kind of things? Yeah, well, I'd say, I guess what we write about is our experiences. So I guess we would have had different experiences in different places. But I think the fact that we're all all from the same area and all very incubated in this area, like, yeah, that definitely lends itself to it. Yeah, we've all had, we've all had a very similar existence for our whole lives, even though we're all kind of different people. How are you guys different? I think the kind of breadth of perspective you get from or being a little different personality wise and interest wise leads to some cool stuff um and also like but we also have like lots in common like we all have grown up in the same area we're all the same age went to school together like the same kind of music mostly that kind of thing yeah yeah everyone except sam enjoys surfing but i haven't got you out there yet i'm a bit of a kook (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um, right, but I love pro wrestling, so that's where yeah. that's where I win. And you oh, guys, pro wrestling guy, yeah, absolutely. Is there like a favorite era for you? That's a long conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, we, we, we can go real deep with this. To, to put it to, <laughs> to put it shortly, I actually think we're living through a bit of a renaissance period at the moment. Wow, um, there's some interesting things going on in the global wrestling landscape that we can talk about another time. If there's, you would like, there's to. the line for the promo. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, so you guys all went to high school together. At Corrine High, as you talked about, just around the corner from here. Were you guys all mates or was it the fact that you're all kind of into the same music that kind of brought you together? Bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me, Sam and Shay had music class together. We were sort of, we were friends before that outside of it. And I think it was, yeah, year 11 when we got to start doing like the, the easy electives. That was the one that we all did. <laughs> we were doing the band stuff together. Um, Joel left in year 11. Was it yeah. year 11? Yeah. yeah, so Joel had already left. I wasn't that close with Joel at the time. I didn't really know him. Um, Sam had played in bands with him before, so that's how he got brought into the band. Yeah, yeah I feel like I feel like for you and me, John, our, our kind of like friendship came from music a little bit. Yeah. Like in terms of like, like I think, yeah, like I talk about how I think I'm pretty sure our first ever MSN conversation was me sending you the tabs for a Chili Pepper song. Yeah, 100%. On like chat. 
like copying and pasting. <laughs> how good was that as a high school thing? Sending tabs. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Here's how we play this. Not even <laughs> sharing it, like typing out the tab. Yeah, could have just in MSN. Could, could have just copied just and pasted the link. Could have. That's but dedication. Like, That's why you are where you are today, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Going the extra mile. Um, just on that, you mentioned like the Chili Peppers. Were you? Um, what were the bands that you were listening to and, and covering when you you first got together in, in high school? When we first got together, it was. We would we were busking a lot down at um, Voyage in Sorrento, the cafe on the coast there. Yeah. Um. So we sort of developed a pretty big, completely random, like assortment of covers that we would do there. So it was things from like, I don't think we ever actually did a Chili Pepper song. I think we did like maybe we portions. tried. I think we did some weird like mashup things. Yeah, like yeah. That was the period where Glee was a big thing, and there was right. lots of mashups going on in like yeah on like nighttime television. Therefore we were like, oh, we should take this Seth Sentry song and this Red Hot Chili Peppers song and put them together. And that's a really good idea. And yeah, here we are. Yeah, things like that. We did, I think we did some Smash Mouth songs. Oh, that, um, the one from Shrek, the yeah. Accidentally in Love. Wow. That's a banger. Yeah. Lots of Jack Johnson. Lots of Jack Johnson. You've got to play to the audience a little bit. I Absolutely, mean, down yeah. there in Sorrento, it's like the beach isn't too far away. This kind of morning know, coffee crowd, a lot of young mums, that kind of vibe. <laughs> I can see, you know, a bit of smash mouth going down. Um, so around that time, uh, were you guys writing your own stuff as well, or did, did that start to come a little bit later? I think I was a little bit, but not really. I was more just playing in bands, not writing. And then I think, I think we probably both started writing around the same time. I I would say that I was quite far behind you um, <coughs> when we started. It was the first time I'd played in a band like with a group of people. So I was sort of still just trying to figure out how to do that and building up my confidence doing it on stage. So, yeah, we sort of, for me, it was like started with Sam and I was just playing guitar and then we brought in harmonies. And then from then, I think I started writing songs after that. Yeah, a bit of a journey like together, learning off each other, watching what the other one would do. Yeah, especially once we were both writing. I think like once we were both writing songs, it kind of just kind of like steamrolled towards this point where we were both writing an equal amount of material and we we're both being equally influenced by each other like almost to the point where it's like what we were actually writing was influencing our own writing more than the music we were listening to yeah to degree because we had this like other person to bounce off kind of thing yeah much more like close to home and like makes it a little bit easier to kind of put into perspective what writing is when there's someone that's your peer doing it with you kind of thing so that right. kind of led to a lot of like influences between us i think yeah and it would always be a thing where like you know if sam came in with a bunch of songs that would sort of set the tone for the next bunch of songs and that would be yeah i guess the biggest influence moving forward and that leapfrogging each other until we had enough material to start recording stuff is that how you guys right now you'll both come in with ideas and share some stuff and see where it goes between the two of you yeah absolutely i think um the the band has more input now i think just in not so much in terms of the original writing ideas, but in terms of how things get fleshed out, it, it sort of comes naturally now. We've been doing it together for so long that I, I wouldn't bother to completely even try to finish a song Yeah. now because I know that whatever happens in the room is going to like be more of a deciding factor in how things turn out than what I can think of in my bedroom. Yeah, and like, it like recontextualizes the song a bit. Like with Cracks, that was a really big one where that happened. Like Cracks, the embryo of that idea was super different and like the like the chord progressions and the vocal were still the same but it was presented in a really different way it was a lot more like 
mid-tempo kind of the energy wasn't anywhere near the kind of like thrashing that it gets to now and then one day we were trying to suss it out and yeah I think we just like started throwing some ideas around and like just genuinely just having fun with it as opposed to like thinking about what we should be writing or what we should be doing and stuff I think is that a fair assessment yeah we were listening to a lot of pup at the time and it was like let's do this yeah we think pup would do it yeah and we were all like laughing so hard when we first did it because we thought it was so stupid for like for us to be doing it especially and then like we're like we could maybe do this let's let's maybe do this and then we did this that kind of sounds like a pretty fun point to get to right like it's serious but it's not so serious right you can have some fun with it and you're probably so comfortable with each other that you can share that around too yeah yeah i think i think as a general rule we try to keep it as like as far from serious as we can yeah you know without like completely falling apart (laughs) tough though because the more popular you get right and yeah we'll talk about gardens in a minute but you know that album's been out for a couple of months now but the more popular you get there's a little bit more pressure is there like a risk that you start to take stuff too seriously i think i think finding that balance is really important especially for us like i think there's and that's that's our own perspective on it as well like like again as i said before like we try to like avoid taking things as seriously like at times obviously there's things you need to be serious about but where we can find like brevity we do it's tricky it's ever evolving in terms of how we're going to approach writing the next batch i don't think it's going to be a massive difference to how we have done it in the past just because i, I think we've found what works for us now so the songs will be different and they will evolve from where they have been i think i think if yeah. anything we're, like it's like it's a battle to to not be serious even yeah. though there's more pressure and stuff now and there's more kind of like official like we could start taking things going and on. be like yeah we need a jam every week night you know we need to be super serious about this but that would be the death of us i think yeah. Yeah. also our schedules just don't work our schedules do not yeah. work no yeah has everyone got a lot of different things going on we, outside of the band we literally could not be like you couldn't pick four more, four people that are at least compatible with every time <laughs> like it's it's a joke yeah um, but we get it done. Yeah. It yeah. somehow just works. Yeah. Somehow it works. How do you balance that though? I was thinking about that as, you know, the band becomes more popular, there's more attention there, there's more work there. How do you balance that with the job on the side? Like, how does that work for you guys? I think you, I just, I just kind of just like have to get it done. Like that's my vibe. I just like, I don't know what I'm doing in terms of juggling yeah. stuff. I just kind of try and cross my fingers and hope everything works out. And it seems to at the moment. I don't know. Yeah, Sam definitely carries like the majority share of behind the scenes organizing stuff, apart from Skinny. Um, shout out to Manager Skinny. Shout yeah, out to Manager Skinny. Be happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm quite fortunate in the fact that I I handle shipping the merch orders. Nice, but that's like basically as far as that goes, apart from like giving input to planning ideas and that kind of stuff. So for me, band is like something I love doing. But then, yeah, like I, I'm doing graphic design and stuff as well. So I'm trying to build up clients that I can do that with. And like for Shane Joel, they're both carpenters. So they're like busy during the days. And we're pretty good at finding that balance between like work life and band life. Yeah. And also, I think also we are in an absolute transitional period right now where things are kind of going from being one thing to another. Like things are kind of getting a little bit more intense or like more attention is required to certain things and so like to be perfectly honest i think we're kind of figuring it out at the moment and maybe yeah. we'd have a better answer for this in 12 months <laughs> yeah i guess we're also like i mean we've just finished we've just put out the album that's what we were working on for the past three years 
we're almost through the tour from 2019. <laughs> so that's just been ticking away. But I think we're all kind of taking like a bit of a step back at the moment just to kind of regroup and see see what's going to happen next. Yeah, think, it's yeah. it's a really interesting phase, right? Because like you said, in 12 months' time, there might not be that side gig at all because it's full-time band. But uh, at the same time, the last three years due to everything going on, you've just had to learn to be flexible and go with it. Yeah, for sure. Especially with touring. <laughs> that has been that has been an interesting one. Have you been a bit frustrated by that because you just want to go out and show as many people as possible these songs live and tours being rescheduled, dates changed, flights cancelled, borders up, all that kind of thing? Yeah, it's frustrating for sure. I like it's also very like for me, it's very like and I think and I think for everybody, it's it's quite like it's quite an anxious process to go through. Like you're constantly kind of even if everything what I've kind of come to like feel about it over the past couple months is that even if everything's going completely fine at any moment there could be a case in the wrong spot that causes the wrong border closure that has this knock-on effect that throws like months to years of planning completely out the window and then like uh incredible booking agent casey and sherry at select will have to kind of go into their crisis mode and do the million three schedule <laughs> completely crushing their souls it's rough but like yeah, we just kind of have to write it out. Just yeah, got to find a way to get it done. That's how we've kind of been approaching it. What was the last show you had? Was it the the launch show at the Rosemount, or were there a few others after that? Yeah, I think the the last time we actually played was the acoustic one. the acoustic set at yeah. the Rosemount on the album party. But the, the last full band set was the night the album was released in Canberra. Right. How, how were the launch shows? Did you with an album as well that, like you said, it took you know three years to get it done? Was there a bit of relief when it was was finally out and you oh, could get to show it live. Absolutely, there was there was relief when we like delivered the record to the label on the <laughs> last day we had anything to do with it. Like that was that was a big relief. But yeah, yeah the the last the last leg of touring we did was like a Sydney Newcastle Canberra leg, and that was the week the album came out. It was the week we found out we had feature album. It was a really big week of like milestones and like fun, exciting things happening. Um, and that was, yeah, that was a really good time. And then we came home and had that launch show, the acoustic set at the Rosemount, which was like the most beautiful day yeah. I've ever experienced. It was so lovely. So many people came out and it was such a great vibe. Yeah. Real good, real good party times. Real good. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> felt, felt the love. Yeah, absolutely. What was it like stripping it back for, for the acoustic show? It was cool. I think that's, um, it was, it was kind of like a full circle thing and like getting back to how me and Sam started doing music together, busking. And I, th I think it's it's been really cool to like rework those songs and figure out how they work in an acoustic setting. Um, and I think it's something that we might like look at doing again in the future yeah. and make like a, a an extra part of the band is like the acoustic stuff that we do, yeah. which we have done a, a lot of. Like that that was the main thing that we tried to do to keep busy during lockdown was we did was like nine or ten acoustic. Yeah, versions like, of things at different times yeah. during the year, whether that be covers or originals and stuff. And I think, yeah, and I think when we do when we do the originals acoustically, a big thing that we try to do with it is, yeah, deliberately not try to make them exactly the same as the, how the song would be with the full band. Like whether yeah. whether it be by necessity or because there's an opportunity to do something slightly different. Like the acoustic version of Clarkson, I think that's I think that's up on Instagram and stuff. Um, and there might be some other stuff coming for that soon. The acoustic version of that is very different to the band version. Yeah. But I also I'm really proud of it. I really I think it's really cool. I think we did a cool job with it. And yeah. Just yeah. The, the someone um someone was telling me 
the other night that they they really enjoyed like those acoustic things that we do because like if you if you're stroll, scrolling through like Facebook or Instagram or something and you see like a, a little snippet of a music video pop up and it's like the heavy part of Clarkson just blaring through your phone speakers it's going to sound like hot garbage <laughs> so having that like extra stuff that can like engage your audience but is something that's going to be more appealing to a wider audience I yeah. think was something that we kind of just like stumbled across and not that we're the first people to discover acoustic covers, but, you know. Yeah, but there's still a bit of an aha moment there. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and for songs that you have worked on for so long and, and know so intimately, was was it refreshing for you to be able to go back to them and interpret them in a different way and play them in a different way as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Cool. For sure. The, even like for, with the Clarkson example, that acoustic version, one of the most different things about it to the band version is the key. It's like if we're talking mathematically, yeah. I think that it actually could not be further. Like there's no way for it to possibly be further from the original key. Like there's only like 12 notes in music and I think we moved it up six kind of thing. So it's like, it's very different. And like Johnny sings really high in the beginning of it, whereas the beginning of the band version, he sings really low and it's like, yeah, just different takes on stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, like knowing what's making the like the song the song and keeping those things the same. It's the same thing with the like a version. It's like being being able to kind of keep the essence of the song whilst making it something new is really rewarding, I think. Like it's yeah. a real like lots of good vibes when you pull it off. Kind of sounds like you like the challenge, right? You like doing things a bit differently and maybe at the time I'd probably up. say no. Yeah, at the time the challenge sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm like afterwards. Oh, another one. Hell yeah. But loved the yeah. loved the challenge. Right. So <laughs> yeah. when the results come through, it's like, yeah, we'll do that again. Yeah. And then enough time has been between the new challenge that you're like, yeah, we can do that. And then when you're in the weeds, you're like, why did we say yes? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I yeah. think it, it sort of like circles back to me being a bit of a perfectionist with that kind of stuff. Like there was a lot of times where Skinny was like, hey, just, just come around my house. Like I've got an acoustic here. Just do the cover. I'll film it on my phone. We'll put it up. It'll be good. And I'm like, no, I need like, I need to work through this because I know that like how, I think it was when we were doing, I don't know, it was, it, it was an old one, but it was a, a heavy one. I was like, like I'm not going to just like scream at the top of my lungs in your backyard like yeah. into your phone you know like i need to rework this <laughs> for the setting that we're doing it for yeah and and that was a that was a, that was a really interesting conversation we're having at that kind of point as well where like because initially when you were raising those concerns i remember being kind of resistant to it because in my head it's like it's a song you should be able to do it just like play yeah. it acoustically it'll be fine doesn't matter if it's a little bit weird it's gonna be okay it's a convention of the genre people do this and i've grown to really appreciate Jono's perspective on trying to like make it the best version it can be given the specific context, not just like copy and yeah. pasting with a different instrument in a different Yeah, setting, for instance, know? like with Clarkson, if we tried to do that in the original key of the song, it would have been horrendous. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to rework it. <laughs> Probably speaks a little bit to the relationship that you two have as well um, and maybe how you grew up learning to write songs together that you can challenge each other a little bit on that i think our, our working relationship is ever evolving and it's always been kind of a push and pull for how for how compatible we are songwriting wise i think we're like we have had to work for it to a degree would you yeah. say like but i think it's like yeah it's been really rewarding and it's i don't know i feel like it's made me a better like person for like just approaching life and approaching relationships of any kind this kind of working relationship that we have yeah yeah, working through stuff, figuring stuff out. 
we should talk about gardens a little bit. It's been out a couple of months, but I was reading that the album was inspired by beers in the backyards and having a yarn with your mates. Is that is that a regular for you guys? Not in winter. It's always raining yeah. out here. This, this whole winter thing is really sucks. killing our vibe. It's killing yeah. at the moment, to be perfectly oh, honest okay. with you. But yeah, it's it happens here in Sam's garden a lot of the time yeah. or in Joel's or something like that. But I think it's always just been like a, a comfortable meeting place. We're not the kind of people yeah. that would like go to the pub on every evening to have a chat about band stuff or like normal stuff. Like it's just been our <clears throat> sort of like meeting spot for the past four or five years. And it sort of uh, in that in those times we've covered everything from organizing tours, talking about the albums, to like talking about the music that we're listening to at the time or what's going on in each other's lives. It's just been this big like full circle, safe place conversation area. I think that was yeah like a really defining aspect of how we all grew up and how we remained friends. Mm. And particularly particularly the, like the few le- years leading into the like release of this album. And the creation of it, like yeah. it's like it's it's just so representative to us of this time period. Yeah, it's kind of like this the setting for where a lot of the mm. this kind of stuff happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, you mentioned three years to finish the album off. Is that just who you guys are? You, you're perfectionists. It's always going to take a bit of time. Um, and do you think it'll be like that potentially for for the next album? I don't know. I think I think a I lot of it, a, yeah, <laughs> a, a lot of it was just like circumstance and like the way that the kind of battle plan was drawn up when we got signed and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, how we were going to approach releases and stuff like that. Cause when we, when we write, we are never writing like for a release. Like we just write. So it's like, there'll be a day where it's like, this is the last rehearsal before we go in to start recording the album. Therefore this is the last day songs will be written for this album. And you know, and you put a pin in that and then everything written from then onwards is for the next batch until you get to the last rehearsal before that recording session. You know, it's just kind of like that in that sense. With with this one, it was more the songs were all there. Mostly, some of them came kind of later, but the, the the whole three year process was less of a less of us trying to make it for three years and more of a just like it kind of took three years to kind of happen. Yeah, and I guess some of like some of those songs were written and finished in the week before we recorded it, and some of them. The, uh, the original idea was kicking around for like three years before that. So I don't like, we weren't in the studio for three years. Yeah, absolutely. It was yeah. like the, the entire overall process of like how everything influenced that album probably goes back that far, at least before the EP was released. Some of these songs were kicking around. And were you just champing at the bit though? You wanted to, to show everyone what you sound like now? For sure. For yeah. sure. That was a, that was a big thing with really anticipating releasing this record finally and having that actual representation of what we sound like at the moment out there in the universe. Yeah. Um, that's been really awesome to have. It's a big weight off our shoulders, I think, the past couple of months having exactly. having the record out there. Yeah. It definitely all worked out well because, like, like, say if we had have released this whole album in 2019, we wouldn't have had the personal growth leading into it and we wouldn't have had the band growth leading into it. So I think it all worked out the best way that it possibly could, like, lining up like a version and feature album the two weeks around the album coming out wouldn't have happened yeah at any other time we're very lucky boys we had a real good little little run of luck this year yeah I think. was there also a side though that because it's something that you'd been working on for so long and you are perfectionist how were the nerves when you finally handed it over i think for me it was more like 
get this goddamn thing out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take Mate, it. Looking at it for too long. Yeah, yeah. J- yeah. Jono especially. Jono spent a lot of time like deep diving into like how every single guitar take sounded in terms of like the tones and stuff, I think, with, yeah. with Tampa producer. So yeah, I think you were kind of torturing yourself listening to it so bit. much to make sure it was as good as it could yeah. be. And then when the work was finally done, it was like, wait off, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think you went almost a little too deep? With it? Were you yeah. dreaming about it? 100%. <laughs> Um, not dreaming about it, but it started like, for instance, like, I, I remember there was a time when I'd spent like nearly a fortnight every day, like long hours in the studio with Temp. And then we got a mix back for one of the songs and it was like one of the only sessions where I wasn't there. And I was just like, this isn't it. Like this doesn't line up with anything else. And I just completely imploded and it was like, yeah, it was pretty bad, but it was good to have that much. I had a lot of fun like doing it, but I also probably would have had a lot of fun if someone else had been there as well you know like yeah it was it was kind of weird to have so much of a big collaborative leading into it and then for like the last like 100 meter sprint it was like yeah i felt like i was doing a lot of it we got that it's a learning process as well right like yeah. making that making making this record is going to really inform how we make the next one and i think making the ep really informed how we made this one and yeah 100 like, percent. like everything on that like because you've recorded before, but was this process really different to, to how you'd, you've done it before? Not massively. It carried more weight. We were more ready going into it. Yeah. So we had like, we had a better understanding of what we wanted out of it. In terms of like how long it took, uh, that's just a consequence of everything that was going on in the world. Like there was no point rushing to get the album out at that point because we weren't going to be able to tour it because everything had gone to shit. So... It was like, you know, yeah, take the time, get it right. But Maybe a bit of a blessing when you look back on 100%, it, right? yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, it's probably one of the few times where it'll be like, hey, guys, take your time. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> Rather than foot down and go, we need it now. We need it now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you remember when you got the call about Album of the Month and, and Like a Version from, from Triple J, which is such massive things for, for any Australian band? Um, feature album. Feature album, I very specifically yeah, remember. We were sitting in a pub in Newcastle eating chilli fit. Um, Philly chili chili feast steaks. Chili feast steaks. Philly <laughs> cheese steaks. Um, but they weren't really chili feast steaks, were they? Yeah. Chili, chili cheese steaks. Philly chili. cheese steaks. There we go. <laughs> we got it yeah. um, so you're sitting in the pub, got the call, yeah. put down whatever that thing you're eating was. But also running on like no sleep yeah, for the past like, like four nights. Cool. And like <laughs> playing like, we just played like, what, like two, show, two shows the night before, running on no sleep, have driven to Newey, getting ready for two shows that night. Like we're all very very drained and it was like the weirdest feeling it was like oh the biggest thing we've ever accomplished (laughs) paired with the worst i've ever felt (laughs) like it's like yeah yeah but it was yeah incredible it was awesome do you guys like touring i mean it must just be you know balls to the wall no sleep gig after gig after gig but obviously having it taken away from you for the little period right now do do you miss it and do you love kind of being out there playing shows it's fun. Touring's it. yeah. fun as. It's like, it's a lot of hard work, but it's a lot of fun as well. Like it's, it's those two very extremes. Yeah. I don't know what it was about that last run in particular, but we just had no sleep and it wasn't even because we were partying or anything. It was just the way the cards kind of landed. So would you rather be in the studio or on the road? I think like you can't do one forever. Like I think if, if I was, you know, I don't want to be on the road for six months straight but I also don't want to be in the studio for six months straight you know I think there's there's a balance there and they yeah. both have their own merits. equal parts of both at appropriate 
time. And yeah, just when you get sick of one, then the other one's pretty welcoming. Yeah, yeah exactly. for sure, for yeah. sure. Bouncing off the, each other, yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to you about uh, Like a Version on Triple J as well because you covered Scientist by Coldplay. Why was it that you chose that song and, and what is it that you love about it? It's, it slaps. It's a good song. It slaps. It's yeah. a good song. Part of it was, I, I think, giving the timing of when we got it, um, we were going to do Clarkson as our original and Coldplay was like a big influence in that for whatever reason. I don't know why I decided at the time. I was like, I'm going to like, I think I just like stumbled back upon Coldplay. And I was like, yeah, this is like, they have a really cool style of like writing very, like particularly the scientists, very simple. There's not a lot of elements in there, but it's this massive like anthemic thing with the bare like building blocks that it has. And I think that was something that I wanted to like try and translate into Clarkson. So there's a lot of like structurally, it's quite similar in terms of like how the dynamics work is quite similar for part of it. It was sort of like the mission statement, like going into finishing off that song and how it got, how the final product of Clarkson ended up was, yeah, like. Pop punk Coldplay. Yeah. Yeah. It was sort of like the overarching mission statement for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so it's got, it's got that kind of like, it does, it's it like the scientist is emo as fuck, right? Like yeah. It's like, it's, it does what we do. Maybe better. Who, know, who Who's to say? Yeah, it felt like it just fit so well. Like it felt like it could have just like if we wrote the scientist, it felt like it could have fit on Gardens. It felt like it could have just been another song on the record. Like, yeah. yeah, it's funny because I love the first three Coldplay albums. I was obsessed with them, but sometimes you kind of don't want to admit that, right? Uh, it can be like a little bit of, of a cringe factor with with Coldplay, which yeah, pe- people hate Coldplay. Right? They <laughs> really, they really, really hate yeah. them, uh, and sometimes you give you kind of suck it into that a little bit, especially. You know, and I've felt that as someone that's that particularly loved those first three albums. Um, did you think about that before you decided on it? And were you a little nervous, especially for that Triple J audience to do something like that? I only thought about it the night before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the night before I was like, did we make a bad call there? But no, I think it was, um, we were, I was really happy with how we approached it and how we like, how we fleshed out that song in our own way. Yeah. Um, once we once we figured it out and did our little demo, I like had full faith in it. I, I like I I believe in this. This is going this is going to work. But there's definitely that element of like, oh, are people gonna bully us for doing yeah, Coldplay. Yeah. What but are then, the comments gonna say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's such a big thing with like a version. The comments are ruthless normally, and we were very lucky, very fortunate. But uh, part of me was also like kind of pumped up about that in terms of like. Screw what these Coldplay haters think. Like you know, yeah. we've kind of been like that with kind of the kind the way we've kind of used pop punk the past few years, particularly the fact that we've been playing kind of pop punk type music, which is often frowned upon and like looked down upon by a lot of hip music people. We've kind of worn that with a bit of a badge of pride, I suppose. Like yeah, like make pop punk cool again, make Coldplay yeah. cool again. You know that same kind of same kind of vibe. You get a bit of confidence from. Well, we love that, and we're gonna do what. We love, so we're just going to go go with it rather than ride a, a trend or you know a wave of that. Yeah, doing doing the thing that you like, making what you want to listen to, I think has been a really crucial thing for us, and been really important for like I don't know, like we're not really, I don't think we really follow trends. That Remember much. when we like started this band in its earliest thing, like Perth was in its complete massive psych rock phase. Like yeah, yeah. everyone put a phase of pedal. On. Everyone had phaser pedals. And it was like, I just, like, it wasn't something that ever crossed our minds as, like, something that we would be interested in yeah. doing. Yeah. And then we're like, so Simple Plan's sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> right, and that you're right that because that kind of genre really dipped in of being super super popular, and then it kind of wasn't cool to like that. Um, but I suppose it depends what your motivation is for what you're doing, right? If you're going to write music that you love to play, um, as opposed to maybe you know chasing some fans. Yeah, for sure. And but I think, they're not mutually yeah. exclusive, right? You've yeah, proved that absolutely. And I think if you if you if you're genuine about what you're doing and if it's sincere, that comes across. And I think people find that endearing. Like I think yeah. people can tell when someone's chasing a trend or whether or if they're just doing the thing that they really like, you know? Yeah. And they relate to yeah, the latter. I can't remember which order I said the two things there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, there probably would have been a few people as well with that Triple J audience that hadn't heard The Scientist before either. And there might have been some it's an bad old Googling. Song now. Yeah. We're old. Yeah. yeah, it's scary. If you're old, then I'm older, so it'll <laughs> make you feel a little bit better. Um, th- your take on it was pretty different, though, but how long did you have to throw that around for to, to get it to the stage that, that we heard? The, it came, like, came together pretty quickly. 90, 98% of it was in one night. Oh, wow. Yeah. like I, probably I, a good sign, right? Yeah, well, and I think like a lot of it was like I spent a bit of time looking into the structure and the chord progressions and getting my head around what the actual original version was. And then when we brought it in, like I kind of wrote that on a whiteboard that we had in the rehearsal room. And I was like, this is how the Coldplay version goes. And then we learned that and then kind of go from there. Yeah. Put, put in some chickas and some <laughs> heavy things. Um, I was watching an interview that you did where you said the night before you played that like a version, you wrote down a list of all the things that could potentially go wrong. Um uh, does that make you feel, does that give you more confidence when you go to play it? Uh, or is that just a side of wanting everything to go perfect? Yeah, that was the thing I, I did the night before I went into the studio to do it. I think that, I don't know, for me it was maybe more about like, because it's obviously, it's a very nerve-wracking thing to do, to go and do like a version. It's one of the most like iconic things in the Australian music industry, big kind of milestone and stuff. So there's a lot of pressure. And I think that me making that list the night before was kind of, it was my way of like practicing without having my guitar and it was my way of like kind of trying to be in control and make sure I felt like I was doing the best I could to kind of pull it off, I think. Yeah. 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 Well, it worked. Right? <laughs> How did you feel though walking in? Because I've been lucky enough to be on the other side of the glass when a band's been doing a like a version and the thought that always goes through my head is, I'm kind of nervous right now. How are you, how are you feeling over there? Very nervous. I I remember what threw me was that I I couldn't remember which one. Yeah, originally we were going to be doing um, the cover first, and then they swapped it on. Oh, us they switched it on you. On. And I was like, "Thanks, guys." No. <laughs> yeah. It just like started spiraling my head. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to start playing the wrong song again." Aren't I? But yeah, it's just it's such a big thing to have the opportunity to do. So you, it's always going to be completely nerve wracking. But yeah, we got through it. Will you throw that into the live set? Every now and again, from yeah, we've, we've, we've been, been doing, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Since, since it since it aired, we've been doing it every sh- every show, every show, even the acoustic one. And yeah. what's the what's the like the vibe like from the crowd when you play it? Are they yeah, are they so wanting to hear it now? Yeah. yeah, the people get around it. I think haven't had any complaints yeah, so far. Letters <laughs> have come in. Yeah, no little notes in any yeah. merch orders. Nothing so far. Yeah, yeah. Was there like a song for you that was a click where you're like, oh, we're actually all right. Like we can we can write good music. Was that was there a moment like that for you? I think Cracks was a big click moment in terms of the like how collaborative that was between us all. That was kind of a, a yeah. Cracks was a big one for like okay, we can do this as a like as a group more yeah. than like me and Sam writing a song and then like Shane Joel 
playing their instruments with it. Yeah. Uh, that was more like, we can do this as a band. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, like, I think Explode was probably one that like gave me a bit of confidence going forward. It was that was a weird one of me like experimenting with a lot of like a lot of bullshit in a song mm-hmm. <laughs> that people had to learn, and it was like we all got it, and yeah, it worked out well. So I think that one for me like gave me a bit of a confidence boost going forward. And um, and what are you guys looking forward to for the next six months? There's probably a lot of things you will look forward to that will get, you know, swept around and changed and moved and yeah. put in a different order. But um, kind of looking forward, what's kind of most exciting for you at the moment? I'm looking forward to as few reschedules as possible. As few as possible, <laughs> yeah. Um, we want to finish this tour. Finish the tour, get the Victorian dates done for that Explode stuff, get the album tour all announced and done yeah. and ticked off. I'd love to find some time to rehearse some new songs. Maybe that would write be some cool. new songs. That yeah. would be sick. That yeah. would be really cool. We'll list see. is growing. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe a few beers in the backyard too to figure yeah, it all out. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Hey guys, thanks so much for um yeah, letting us into your place today and having a chat. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having oh, us. Yeah, thank you.